So last, the week before last, I started, uh, it's basically it's, it's going to be a series of thoughts, and it's under the title, Change Your Perspective. And this is vital because what we see or what we believe uh, basically moves us to action. And if we believe wrong, we're going to act wrong. And every action has to do with your future. The way you walk your daily life, it determines your future. What you sow is what you reap. And so in your daily actions, the way you believe is very vital. So we've got to get back to scripture. Um, I send this uh, invitation through um, our website, through Facebook, and I appreciate all of you. Uh, Sister Bethany, I appreciate you also sending the invitation so that we could talk about that, changing our perspective, so we could become more scripturally minded. And I had a guy on, on Facebook call me a false prophet because I wanted to talk to them, uh, talk to the people about changing our perspective. I said, you know, truly people are, you know, when you hide behind your computer, uh, some people are just plain nasty. You know, if you disagree, I don't mind a discussion. I have no problem with a discussion. But just so brand me a false prophet. So I, I, I just, I X them out. So I don't want to even talk to you. You know why? They're already coming off from the wrong perspective. If you want to sit down and have an adult conversation, I have no problem with that. Amen. Debate and, discuss and discussion is so healthy because people learn, mm -hmm. right? We're, nobody has the entire truth. But if you never sit down to discuss things, discussion is communication. Communication is vital. Without communication, there's death. Mm -hmm. yes. Amen. In your own body, if your brain cannot communicate with the rest of your body, if your organs cannot communicate with the other parts of the organs and the, your, your, your heart, your lungs, if they can't communicate, that's called death. Amen. See, and same way in relationships, same way at work. We have to learn how to talk to each other. One of the things that Satan has attacked this generation is in the issue of communication, yeah. in the issue of dialogue. Amen. We're gonna disagree, that's understandable. Listen, I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, I disagree with myself half of the time. <laughs> So we're going to disagree. So it's not the issue. The issue is can we agree to disagree? My wife and I were married 41 years. We dated four years before that. And she's a hothead and I'm a hothead. Right? So we have to learn to, disagree, to agree to disagree. I probably disagree with 50, 60, or 70% of what she believes. You know, or, or the daily stuff. But we live together. You know why? We've learned to value each other. Right? So if, if she believes one way, I believe the other way. And if it has to do with the home design, I give it to her. I, I'm not going to argue the point. You, you want your house beautiful? Go ahead. You want pink? Go ahead. Polka dots? Go ahead. No problem. <laughs> I'll pass by the polka dots and I'll go. <laughs> but that's all right. If she likes it, I'm happy. No, the, the, the truth of the matter, we're never going to agree 100%. We have to learn how to give in sometimes, how to say, okay, that's your perspective, I have mine, let's go have some coffee. Yeah. No, today, if you don't agree with me, I, I, I wanna put you in prison. I wanna bury you. Or divorce. No, 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 we have to learn, we have to change our perspective. So, I, I shared some verses last week, Proverbs 29, 18 in the King, King James Version. Where there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law, happy is he. So in other words, where there is vision, people are able to succeed, they're able to thrive. In the TPT, uh, the Passion Translation, it says it this way, where there's no clear prophetic vision, something that God is showing you, people quickly wander astray. 
But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Hallelujah. So when we have prophetic vision, which is vital, we're able to walk in, in our lives with joy. Job 42, verse 6 says this. I heard of you by the hearing of my ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. So according to Job, when he really understood it, when he really received the prophetic revelation of who God was, he said, oh my God, in my current state, I got to change. I have to repent. And that's a beautiful thing. When you get prophetic revelation from God, it helps you to repent of the way you're living, and then you align yourself with Almighty God. So perspective is vital. Perspective is the capacity to view things, and it's interrelation with everything around you. So perspective shifts everything. It changes everything. It affects everything around you. Tell your neighbor it's important that you have the correct perspective. See, that's important because we'll view and value our life and purpose based on our current belief and perspective about who we are and what we believe we're called to do. So what is vision? Vision, we realize, and we said it last week, it's a, it could be a, a dream, but it also is a divine revelation, a prophetic vision. So vision is therefore the ability to see in your heart your purpose unfolding. Vision is a clear per, uh, a picture, a clear picture of your purpose and its potential future for you if you agree and align with your prophetic picture with Almighty God. See? So when God shows you the prophetic pictures, oh, no wonder I feel this way. Some of you get angry at some things, passionate about other things. Usually that has to do with your purpose. You are wired in a certain way. Some, some of you love things. Other people are, I don't see what's the big deal about it. No, but I'm passionate. Don't you see it? No, I don't. Why? Because it's your purpose, not theirs. So prophetic vision is the ability to see God's intended purpose and path for you. It's a snapshot of what God created you for. A prophetic view of your purpose is that which you were created for by Almighty God. And it gives it to you in a snippet so you could see, you could align with it. I love it because when God gives you a prophetic future or picture of yourself, you can actually go into that prophetic future, visit it, walk in it, see the people around you in that future. See the education you have in that future. See the way you're talking in that future, the things you're doing in that future. Then you go back to your present and say, okay, let me get to work on that which God already finished. Amen. 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 Prophetic perspective is vital because it's connected to our purpose. So God gives each of us a vision that is interconnected with our purpose. You can't disassociate the two. Purpose and vision go hand in hand. And purpose is um, something created as an object or end to be attained. Your purpose has specific design. You were created by design. Tell your neighbor, you were created by design. You were created by design. See, it, it has meaning. It's connected to a series of goals. It has a target, and it's always intentional. Purpose is always intentional. Your purpose is the innate reason why, that you, why you were born. The Lord Jesus was clear about his purpose. In John 18, 37, he said this, Therefore said to him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. See, Jesus knew exactly why he was here on this earth realm. So every day had a purpose. 
How you doing? Eh, same old, same old. La misma cosa de siempre. Same old, same old. Haven't you heard people like that? Yes. Now Jesus, Jesus, what are you doing today? Today, I have to be over here. I have to fulfill righteousness here. I have to meet a sick person because I got to get that person healed. I have to go to this demon-possessed person. I have to set him free. Every day he had purpose. Every day he was passionate about something. We need to get together to the other side. Um, get that boat ready. Meanwhile, there was a storm. I don't care. I'm a man of purpose. Every day I purpose. And that's the way it should be with us. We shouldn't be just moseying on in, you know, life. No, we, we, every day we wake up and say, okay, God, what I need to do today. You and me, we're walking this together. Hallelujah. And it's vital because we live and act and make decisions and even feel based on our belief about ourselves and what God thinks of us and what others think of us. So our perspective about ourselves helps to shape our future shape our destiny. This is why we need to change our perspective and align it with God's perspective of us. Not perspective, but the way he created us. And God frequently would speak to his servants about vision or what they currently possessed. And then he showed them what they had was actually more than they realized or understood. For example, Abraham. Abraham, look at the stars. Look at the sand. That's how I'm going to bless your progeny. In Genesis 22, 17. Moses, what do you have in your hand? I have a rod. Okay, lift that up against the seat. Watch what happens. What you have is more than what you realize. Last week's title, what did uh, Chaplain Willie Alfonso share? What was the title? You're worth more, is it? Right? You're worth more. And, and that's what the Lord wants to tell you today. You're worth more than what you realize. God can do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. The Spirit of God lives within you. Why? Because you're a treasure. Ephesians 2.10, you're special. You're God's masterpiece, the Bible says. If you're a masterpiece, why do you think you're junk? Joseph, God gave him several redemptive dreams in Genesis 37. And later on, he actually saw the prophetic dream come to pass. He became Pharaoh's governmental minister. He told his brothers that God had allowed him to be sold so that he would end up in Egypt to help to preserve life and to save their lives. Genesis chapter 45. What about Joshua? Joshua, um, an angel comes up to him and says, See, I have given you Jericho. Look, behold. Jericho didn't belong to him, but God sent him a prophetic message, and that is, but it's yours, so go and take it. And here's how you're going to take it. One of the things I love about Almighty God is if you ask him for strategy, he'll give you strategy. Amen. Yeah, but I asked one time in 1999 and God didn't give me strategy. Well, you know, come on. You, you, you got to come into relationship with Almighty God. Holy Spirit's always speaking. We're just not listening. He's always speaking. We're just not in relationship. See, my, my wife is seated in the last seat in the back. She always does that. She likes to sit in the back. Part of the reason is sometimes the music. You know, she's very sensitive. She, she heard something the other day. I, said, I don't know what you're hearing. I, don't you hear it? Don't you hear that noise? Said, I'm not hearing anything, hon. When I went to the basement, um, our water softener was beeping. I couldn't hear it. But she could hear it upstairs. She's very sensitive hearing. So that's why she's up there. But if she were to give me a look, she wouldn't even have to talk to me. Just a look. And I know exactly what it means. I know if it's lovey-dovey. I know if it's attitude. She has about 10 faces that have attitude on them. <laughs> I know which attitude, from what angle it's coming. I know it. But it's relationship. That's what God wants. 
Give us this day our daily bread. We're supposed to be in the Father's presence every day. Amen. Father, what's your mood? What's your heartbeat? What are you sensing today? Holy Spirit, what do you want to tell me today? As you're walking, you, you know, you're praying in, in your, your, your most holiest language and, and walking in that relationship with Almighty God. He wants a relationship with you. We're the ones that push that away. It's not God. God's a relational God. Why would he tell us, when you pray, pray this way, Heavenly Father. Why would he have us call him Heavenly Father if he wasn't looking for family? My God. Jeremiah, he says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, What do you see? God was always telling his men to look, telling his men servants, his women servants, look, behold, beyond the natural. We need to take it to the next level. The year 2020, you're going to see a lot of noise. You already see it, a lot of noise, a lot of confusion. But that's by design. That's meant to have a people going like this, you know, a house divided cannot stand. So we need to be like eagles. We need to soar above the storm and look down. And, and our report has to come from a heavenly perspective, a heavenly view. I cannot be judging based on the falling nature that I live among. I need to get God's perspective so that I can walk with him and walk in peace. Whoever walks with God walks in peace. Stress will always want to come upon you, but it'll overwhelm you if you're worried. It'll overwhelm you if you're fearful. And God says, do not fear. He told Joshua even four times when he was telling him to take over the job that Moses, do not fear. And be strong and be very courageous. God actually told him various times because he knows our condition. We tend to worry. Thank God nobody here worries. All of you... You're so hooked up with God that you could be in the boat and the boat's going like this and you're no problem, I'm going to sleep. But the church across the street, their worry works. Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? We have things already and God has already blessed it and we think it's nothing. Why? Because of our perspective. But the Bible says, young men shall see visions and old men shall dream dreams. See, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked up on both of those. Because I'm still a young man, so I see visions. And, and my hair says I'm older, so I dream dreams. <laughs> Praise God. So you, you look at some men who change their perspectives. Job is a good example. I read to you a verse. I heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. He changes perspective when he was able to get a clear vision of who God really is. Even though he was a righteous man, he still needed to repent. Interesting. Sometimes we as righteous people need to repent also. We need to shift our perspective. And part of repenting means turn. Turn, turn away. Turn away from that perspective to another perspective. And genuinely feel sorry for where you were at. And now go, I'm no, I'm no longer going to do this, not, not because I'm, I'm being lost and saved, lost and saved. No, I'm already saved, but God has, has a see thing so we can repent of it, turn away from that. Amen. And we go from glory to glory. We grow in our walk with God. Amen. Moses, when Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Hallelujah. Moses didn't believe he could do that. After 40 years in the desert, he told him, I, I, I stutter, I can't lead. 
But afterwards, what did Moses do? He delivered Israel. But his perspective had to change. You're deliverers, but you're still battling the old mindset. You still think, I can't do this. But God wants you to change your perspective. What about Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector? When he heard Jesus speak, and Jesus said, I need to be in your house today. It affected him so much that this righteous man, uh, this rabbi, this rabbi of rabbis, the one that they were saying is the Messiah, would come to his home, a publican, a chief tax collector. He, they were hated during these days. Not this day, but today. We love IRS. But in those days, they hated IRS. What? So he said, behold, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restored fourfold. Wow. Change his perspective. What about Saul of Tarsus? Anybody know who Saul of Tarsus became? Saul of Tarsus had literally letters in hand to go imprison Christians. Right? And while he's on the way, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly a light shone from heaven. And he fell down to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? He didn't even know the Lord. And it presupposed that him being a rabbi, because he knew the word. He was trained by one of the greatest teachers of his day, Gamaliel. He was saying, who are you, Lord? Uh, excuse me, the one you've been studying about the last part of your life. That's the one that is talking to you. And you don't know him? Well, later on, this man, he repented. Later on, this man became a great apostle called the Apostle Paul. My God, change of a perspective. So we need to understand, we need to see that God has already given us authority in this earth realm. Tell your neighbor, you already have the authority. Interesting that the scripture says this. The Lord blessed us and gave us the ability to procreate, right? So we have the ability to procreate. You know, we see children in the next room. They are children, right? And he told Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth, right? The power and authority God gave us always comes with responsibility. Always with responsibility. The Lord gave us the ability to create children. Now, he doesn't send them to us via a stork. You know what a stork is, right? That big bird with a big beak, and he carries the babies when he's going to deliver them, right? That's just not true. We have the ability to procreate, right? It's God's power. See, so he set certain things in motion, but how many of you get pregnant by prayer alone? When was the last time a person had a baby without actually having a relationship? We see it in scripture. It did happen. But what was that called? Immaculate conception. It was a miracle. You had to have a miracle in order to have a baby without having a relationship. In other words, without having a personal interaction with the very thing that God had already designed us to do. You can't just, you know, be in the train somewhere and somebody sneezes, oh man, I'm pregnant. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. That would be bad. <laughs> See, you can pray till you're blue in the face, 
But a woman isn't going to get pregnant until she's in a relationship with a man. That's the way God intended it to operate, and that's the way it works. Right? Yes or no? Yes. Right. So there are powerful God-given principles in the scriptures. One of them is the power and authority of, of praying, the power of authority of speaking, of declaring, right? But all of them come with responsibility. We could pray all day long, but if we don't activate our authority, right, by putting our hands on the plow, we won't be able to reap what we haven't sowed. Prayer prepares us. Prayer gives us revelation. Prayer saturates the place, but then we have to go in and do the work. I can't pray a person into the kingdom only. I have to pray for the person, but somebody actually has to talk to them about the gospel. Oh, I'm here to get saved. Why? Because somebody prayed for me. I just felt like coming. How do they know to come to a church? It's because somebody told them in the past. So God will activate a word that was already shared in that person's heart. I remember I used to walk through, as a teenager, I think I was 14, I would pass by church, I would stop by the churches, I would start crying. I felt such a connection to it, but yet nobody had told me anything about the gospel. So I would just keep on walking. And one day, I visit my friend, Gwendolyn. Yeah, I visit her. We, we went to school together. We went to junior high together. I think I met her when I was two. And so we sit down, and her mother, of all things, her mother, she says, Mijito, tu quieres bustelito? Do you want some bustelo? And I went, yeah. She put hot bread, a little butter on it, and gave me some hot coffee with milk. You know when they, they heat up the milk? And then you have that little film on the top? That's the type of love I was receiving in the house. <laughs> so, so as I was sitting there, she talked to me. She would say, your, your family goes to church? I said, no. So well, I'd like for you to continue coming because I want to do a Bible study. And I want to teach you the Bible. Yeah. I went, oh, okay. And I would sit there with the bustelito. <laughs> yeah, that's beloved bustelito days. But the most important thing that affected me was the fact that she shared the love of God with me. Yeah. She shared the gospel yeah. with me. So I would pass by the churches, I knew nothing. But the day she started talking to me about the Lord, and then she, she then to top it off, she prophesies over me. She says, the Lord says, you're going to be a pastor. And I said, what's that? <laughs> I didn't know what a pastor was. I was a non-practicing Catholic. In other words, I knew nothing about anything. I just knew when you go into the church, you have to take some of that water. And you have to do this. If you're going to be a good Catholic. I mean, what does that even mean? Well, I didn't know the word. But when she broke down the word to me in a practical level, see, I, I, I went to the Lord. We, we visited a church and we all got saved. Right? Watch this. Before I was born, before I was born, my dad's grandmother, which is my great-grandmother, she was praying for me. And yet dad wasn't married, he didn't have a girlfriend. And she went up to him and says, the Lord says you're going to have a boy and he's going to follow my ways. He's going to be a minister like me. So she was praying for me before I was even born. See, so the prayer is important. 
But the prayer will prepare the scenario for your family. So when you pray, God will send people to your son, to your daughter, to your husband, to your wife, at work, in the train, in the community. See, there's a setup there, but somebody has to do the physical things that the scripture says for us to do. Because we're the ones that have the authority. When God made us as human beings, he said, I authorize you in the earth realm. I give you the work of my hands, Psalms 115. So everything belongs to us because God gave it to us. But he holds us responsible. That's why whenever he's going to do something special in the earth realm, he always seeks out a man or a woman. Always. He doesn't work apart from his creation. Why? Because that's the way he said it. That's the way he set it up. Oh, God doesn't need me. No, he's God all by himself. But God is faithful to his word. God exalts his word above his own name. So when God says something and speaks it, it becomes law in the earth realm, in the natural realm, in the spiritual realm, and for him too. He submits to the very law that he declares because he's faithful to himself. He's faithful to his word. So when he created man, he says, you're the one in charge in the earth realm. Now, anything that God does, he partners with man because he, dis- he determined that himself. So that's why when he calls you to pray, he actually wants to do something in the earth realm. He's looking for a man or a woman that would be faithful to partner with him. Hallelujah. So we need to understand our authority. It's vital that we do so. Hallelujah. God-given principles, powerful principles, but if we don't activate our authority, nothing will happen. When God gives us a prophetic vision or burden, he's doing that because it is his will in heaven to do something on earth. But now he needs a man or woman to believe it here on earth and begin to take the steps in this fallen world to bring it to reality. This is essential because he made us to be partners. 2 Corinthians 6.1, we are co-laborers. Tell your neighbor, you're a co-laborer with Almighty God. When he wants to do something in the earth realm, he works with and through mankind. We must pray, speak, and act in alignment with God and his word. True authority literally recognizes the authority structure and submits to that authority structure. As an example, police officers cannot do whatever they want to. They can only enforce the rules and regulations of the governing authorities. They're not there to do whatever they please. When they come to you, they come in the name of the government that they represent. So it's the same with us. We recognize that God has given us power and authority. However, it's not to be misused or abused. The scriptures instruct us how to conduct our lives, how to minister, how to serve. Jesus himself says he only does what he sees the Father do. John 5, 19. He submitted to the Father. So we too have to be submitted to the Father. His power has already been released. And I love that because it's already here in the earth realm. So we no longer have to wait for the promise of the Father. Jesus had told the disciples to go to the upper room and wait for the promise of the Father. So as God established time, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. See, they had to wait for the promise of the Father. However, once Jesus was taken up, the promise was released. So we no longer have to wait. Oh, one day God's going to bless me. One day God's going to use me. No, he can use you now. You just need to take authority as to who you are already. The spirit of God is already in the earth realm. The spirit of God is already within you. 
We need to activate the very things that God wants us to do. And he's looking for somebody that, he, that would be faithful. He doesn't have favorites. The one who obeys, the one who stands with him, the one that dares to believe his word, those are the ones that receive their miracles. In the same way, we receive, this is important, this is an important principle. Galatians 3.14, it says we receive the spirit by faith, the promise of the spirit. But the principle is we receive the promises of God by faith. All the promises in Scripture, we receive it by faith. What does that mean? We receive it when we confide in the God that released those promises for us. Got it? If I can believe God for it, that is mine. He established promises and spiritual laws that even He will not break. In Psalms 138.2, it says this, Thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. That's where that verse is found. So, Although many scriptures reveal the power of the name of Jesus, but God has magnified his word even above his name. A person's name is no better than their word. If they don't keep their word, their name isn't accounted for anything. But however, the name of Jesus is all powerful because he never breaks his word. And he, he was faithful to the end, to the cross, my God. When God says something, it becomes a legal binding contract. His word is faithful. Amen. When I say to my body, by his stripes, I am healed. When I say to my mind, <clears throat> I have the mind of Christ. When I say over my situation, Spirit of God, I pray you intervene. Bless my children. You said in your word that if I would teach the children, even when they grow old, they shall not depart from it. I can trust God and his promise because it's a legal binding contract. Now, the enemy does come in to try to thwart that. But you need to continue to stand. After having done all, stand. Well, I prayed and it didn't happen. Uh, did you stand or did you give up? Our problem is we stand for two days and then we complain the rest. We have to stand. Tell your neighbor, stand. stand. Standing means you don't give up. Standing means you don't give in. There's a toughness about standing. God's not talking about a wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. He's talking about hefty, hefty, hefty. Where did that come from? <laughs> tough, tough garbage bags. <laughs> no, we have, to, we have to toughen up. Really, we have to toughen up. Have you ever been, you know, pushed enough by a bully? Get put every day, push, push, push. And after a while, you know, that blood comes up. Remember that? Remember those days? And you said, ah, I just had it. If he comes to me one more time, that's it. And you're just waiting. Just one more time, because something inside of me, I, I feel a passion. I feel a heat about this. You know, I'm not going to let this go anymore. See, that's the way we got to get in our prayer. That's the way we have to have, be, be in our walk with God. You, you have to know who God is, and you have to know God's word. Oh, the, the, the devil's been after me all day long. The devil's a created being. God is all-powerful. No beginning, no end. He just always has been. God created everything, including Lucifer, right? So there's no, there's no equal there. It's not apples and oranges. It's a speck of sand and, and like the earth. You know, it's just, there's just no combination there, no, no equal there. So when the enemy comes at you, the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And the word flee means run away in panic. Why? Because he sees the authority. 
Amen. But if he says to the Christian, I, I, I am sorry. They go, oh, yeah, we got you. But he comes at you and says, get thee behind me. I have no time for you. You go, mm, can't mess with that one. That one, that person's faith is connected with Almighty God. We see the authority. And we know that. And we know that because in the book of Acts, there were seven guys, seven sons of Sceva, that were going around imitating Paul. And they were saying, we cast you out in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. So one day, uh, this <laughs> demon-possessed man, he hears that, right? Well, not him, but the demons within him. They say, we cast you out in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. He says, we know who Jesus is. And we know who Paul is. But who are you? They were not recognized in the spirit realm. They were not walking in the authority of God. But when you walk in the authority of God, the spirit realm knows you. I remember one time years ago, I'm walking on the east side, and this demon-possessed person comes up to me. He says, yeah, I, I, know, I know where you belong. I know who you are from. You know, get away from me. Yeah, they had problems because of who I represent, and at the same time, the spirit of God in me is visible in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You have that authority. So it's time you start understanding that and walk in it. Psalms 89:34. it says, My covenant I will not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips, God says. When God speaks something out of his mouth, his word is a covenant. It's a contract. He will not break it. Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power, Hebrews 1, 3. In other words, our entire universe, even the universe is held together by the integrity and power of God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now it's our responsibility to align with and believe his promises. Once again, Galatians 3.14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So you see the verse? See the, the principle? We receive the promises of God through faith. We receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And we receive all the promises of God through faith. If we would just believe, if we would trust God, we would start to see the miracle process in our lives. John 14, 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he shall also do. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So Jesus said, say with me, Jesus said? Jesus See, this is not man, this is not man's opinion. Jesus said that if you believe in me, the works I do shall he do. Why is it that we're seeing miracles in Africa, miracles in South America, miracles in places where people have abstract need? Why? Because they, they don't trust in anything else. They trust in God. So they see the blind eyes, you know, open. They see the deaf uh, hear. They, they see dead come to life. Miracles, signs, and wonders. We have a hard time believing because we're, we're so brainwashed by so many different philosophies in school, in our universities. You know, we believe in stones and, you know, um, um, and we, we think that, uh, you know, power is going to come out of the stone. No, man, throw that stone back in the water and put your faith in the living stone. You have to walk with God. That's where the power comes from. I mean, I'm not trying to knock people's thoughts. I'm just saying you're, you're mistaken. You're deceived. God has already changed your perspective. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, God. That sounds good. I think I'll make a preaching one day about that. 
Hallelujah. We have to change our perspective. We're actually very powerful in the earth realm because we represent Almighty God. But we don't have power to show off. We have power to represent Him and His principles in His kingdom. For those who believe, they will be able to do the works that Jesus did. But do we believe that God's word is true? And that's, where, that's the rub right there. Revival is available now. Healing is available now. Salvation and deliverance is available now. Divine provision is available now. Wisdom is available now. Hallelujah. Divine strategies are available now. Grace is available now for you. Favor is available now. His presence is available now. Hallelujah. Relationship with Him is available now. Not one day, now. He's already released it. It's active in this earth realm. Whoever would take it can receive it. It's His. It's hers. God wants us to prosper in Him. God wants us to trust in Him. He desires a relationship. He's a relational God. Notice the prodigal son when he was coming back home after having blown everything. What did the father do? The father saw him from afar and ran to him. God desires to have a relationship with you. He loves you. He loves, more, he loves you more than you love yourself. Hallelujah. God wants you to trust in him. He wants you to have an intimate relationship with him. He wants, it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The word know there is gnosis. It's a Greek word. It's a personal relationship. It's an intimacy of knowing. It's, it's like I know my family. I, I know my wife. I know, I, I know many of you because we've been in relationship for a long time. It's, it's that knowing. We need to get to know God's moods, God's heart, God's desire. What's important to him has to become important to me. Hallelujah. There's a breakthrough that is just about ready. It's coming to you. It's actually hovering over you. But the only thing that's hindering it is your perspective. And that's why the enemy has attacked your perspective very hard. So that you, you wouldn't think that you have the right to receive it now. But today in the name of Jesus, I come against that limit, that hindrance. And I say from this day forward, the eyes of your understanding will be open. And you will be able to see who you are in Christ. From this moment forward, I declare and decree that you're going to start having visions and dreams. And your understanding in the spirit realm is going to increase in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I release that over you. Holy Father, I pray right now, breakthrough in the hearts of your people. Breakthrough in the hearts and the minds of your people right now. I remove all the scales from their eyes of their understanding. Father, right now, do a miracle. A miracle, Lord God, of deep understanding, of deep relationship with you. And, and for those that are listening online, I pray that for you right now, that God would open up the eyes of your understanding, that you would be able to clearly see from this moment forward who you are in Christ and what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a generation... There's a generation, it's, it, we want to call it like the called out ones, but there's a generation that will receive this. In the midst of all the hyper-exaggerated views that we see, 
Because, you know, news always pushes one perspective. And it's usually from a small minority, but they have a big uh, microphone, I guess. And so it makes it seem that they're larger than life. But in truth, there is a remnant in this earth realm that is hearing God. Amen. That is walking with God. Yes. That is standing with God. So you need to stop saying, I'm the only one, nobody else is doing it. No, no. Uh, no, Elijah, there's 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal. You have brothers and sisters in Christ that believe like you do, that, that, that pray in their most holy language, that, that declare uh, great things for this generation. I believe that God can heal. I believe that God can deliver and set free. I believe that God can mend families. I believe that God can raise up those that, that nobody would think any of them. But yet God will raise them up. God will raise up, quote unquote, the foolish things of this world to do great things through it. Because God's the one that's going to get the glory. It's not us. We're not going to boast here. God's the one that's going to get the glory. We're going to bring everything to his feet. Father, you get the glory. And we get the privilege of partnering with you. And we get the privilege of being conduits so that your power can flow through us. But the power comes from him. Hallelujah. So get ready because... The, the, your, your greatest days are yet ahead. The enemy would try to fool you into thinking, that's it. Nothing's going to happen. That's a lie. Your greatest days are yet ahead. Amen. God is about to do supernatural things. You need to embrace him. Remember, he who believes. Even if there was a mountain in the way, they would be able to speak to that mountain. Get out of the way. And it'll happen. If you believe and you do not doubt. See, so align with the Word of God. Next week, I'm going to give you some practical things that you could do in aligning your walk with God. So next week is going to be uh, very powerful. Uh, I know it's you know, really impacting me. But what I have to say for you next week, as the Lord permits, I, I, I think that, not think, I know, that once you get this in your spirit, it's going to really take you to another level. But suffice it to say, the Lord is prepping your spirit. The Lord is preparing your heart to do great and mighty things in this generation. So I congratulate you in advance for all the people that are going to be saved and delivered because of you. For all the people that are going to be realigned because of you. Your families that are going to be delivered and set free because of you. Because of your faithfulness. Because you dare to partner with God. I'm nobody. No, apart from him, I'm nobody. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Without him, I'm nothing. But with him, I'm a king and a priest. I'm royal priesthood. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, Father, I pray this over your people. Bow your heads with me. Father, I pray over your people that uh, divine opening of the eyes of their understanding. I thank you for what you're doing today because there's a breakthrough anointing. A breakthrough anointing, Father. And you're going to take your people, your people higher. You're going to take your people higher. And, Father, you're going to use them their way, uniquely, the way they are. One, one of the things that I'm just sensing right now is just to share with you. Don't compare yourself to anybody. You're not them. You are you. God made you unique. Become comfortable. I mean, I've heard this before, but I have to repeat it. I, I sense I need to repeat this because some people are struggling with this. Some people think that in the kingdom of God, that God has favorites. Or that because that person has more maybe classical education in a specific area, they're better. No, they're different. And God will bless them if they're faithful to God. But God will bless you if you're faithful to God. Some of his choice servants never studied classically. But they trusted God. They believed God. And, and they filled stadiums. And people got, I mean thousands of people got saved because they were faithful to God. 
and yet they never had formalized education. A man and a woman with, with the power of God, trusting God, can do exploits. So don't you ever think yourself as second class. God does not have second class children. Hallelujah. Come on, give me some praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Have a blessed, a blessed day. Now we're going to open up the altar and um, Minister Mickey is going to help to lead us if anybody needs prayer. But I got to tell you, I'm excited about this because we just finished exposing something the enemy did not want you to know. You're not leaving home in the same way you came here. And for all of, the, all of you that came, our guests that came, even from Long Island, you know, we're so grateful that you're here. For those that are listening online, we're so grateful that, you, that you're attending. For all of you that have made your way from Brooklyn and from different places, God bless you. We're so grateful that you're here. But let me tell you something. The Lord let you hear because you have to hear this today. Come on, give me some praise.